0: We spell it with a K. See you, mate. Take it easy.
1: Welcome to another episode of Future Stars Now, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network and the Front Room Material brand my name is Mike Freeland. I'm so glad you're joining us today. We have a great interview lined up right now. The beauty of Future Stars now is we have the opportunities to speak with so many up-and-coming talent that are going to be making waves for the next 20 years plus, so you're able to jump on board and get to know them right now. Tonight's guest is very exciting, and I am very excited to be doing this. Princeton Zoe, also known as Forever Young, is going to be joining us today. This is an interesting thing youtube star youtube sensation turned professional wrestler a graduate of the house of truth and we're going to be talking to him and finding out exactly how did this happen how do you go from youtube to the world of pro wrestling and what the goals are so without further ado let's go ahead and bring forever young in how you doing
0: i'm good thanks for having me i'm excited for this interview
1: well i tell you what we're excited to have you as well and I think it's so interesting now, you know, just from your story, which you'll be sharing with us, you know, from YouTube and all the social media platforms that people have nowadays that, you know, really weren't available many, many years back for exposure, to build an audience, to build a brand, and all of those things clearly went into creating what you have done so far and parlaying that into a wrestling career. So let's kind of start at the very get-go here. Uh, How did you go and start doing YouTube and what was your fascination with YouTube? And then let me know how that kind of parlayed into you deciding to want to do pro wrestling.
0: Well, I always liked pro wrestling. The way I got introduced to it was my mom's friend's brother. <laughs> so follow that. My mom's friend, brother, he's an adult. He won four tickets online on the radio to a SmackDown in 2002 okay uh he was gonna take my mom's friend's son (laughs) and we were friends so like he took all of us we all went to the show and uh he was an artist he was actually an artist so he wanted to make us signs I didn't really know for professional wrestling but like I knew I didn't watch professional wrestling but I knew of it at the time and I was a kid like a young young kid so who do you want a sign of? And like at that time, who's the only wrestler, literally the only wrestler name I know? The rock. So, <laughs> so I set up the rock sign, and they're like, oh, he's he's not gonna be there. I'm like, oh, so what? I just wanted the rock
1: sign. And I remember my
0: the friend who was also my age, the son, he uh his sign said Team Angle, Kurt Angle. Very I nice. Didn't, I didn't know who that was, but that's what who his sign. <laughs> And uh, so that's how I got introduced to wrestling. I went to that SmackDown and I really wish I knew which episode of SmackDown that was. I would love to watch it on WWE Network now because at the time I had no idea what was happening, but I liked it. And then I ended up watching SmackDown for like, I don't know how long, but then I found out about Raw and I started watching Raw and I watched it ever since. So I've been watching wrestling since 2002. Wow. I got into like, DNA and Ring of Honor at some point, like way, way later.
1: Um, so, so, you got into wrestling, and obviously, you had mentioned The Rock was the the person that you knew the best. How was the show? Do you remember anything about it? Was it a memorable show, or at, at this point, is it just a, a distant memory?
0: Definitely a, mem- a decent memory. <laughs> I, I don't remember a thing. I do remember when uh, Kurt Angle's music, well, I think his sign said Kurt Angle, but at the show, Team Angle came out. I remember he went crazy, but it's like, oh, it's Team Angle, not Kurt Angle.
1: (laughs) I remember the days with uh, Charlie Haas and Shelton Benjamin and uh, great collegiate wrestlers as well. I love Team Angle, and I thought they did an amazing job. So great memories of them. Shouts
0: out to Charlie Haas because he just won a world title at a wrestling show I just went to, XICW.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So you're now being introduced to wrestling. You go to this show. I assume at that point you start to get the itch. Um, what did you do after that? Was there more shows that you were looking to seek out, or was it one of those things where if I get invited, I get invited; if not, if not, or were you just watching it on TV?
0: Well, I was really young at that time. 2002, I was like six, uh, so I was just I was just watching. On Hold
1: TV. on, time out. <laughs> you can't make the host feel old. Oh my gosh! Please. <laughs> Please continue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like six. I was just watching, 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 watching. It's so funny. I remember at a time when I was watching wrestling, uh, because it was 2002. So, like, there was a time where I was supposed to be in bed. I'm in bed watching wrestling, like always. And it was a scene that came on, like, with the WWE Divas. And my mom walked in. She's like, Oh, well, you can't watch this. Turned it. (laughs) And I was so upset. So upset. But I always remember that because that was so funny. Um, but anyway, uh, I got, I just kept watching WWE for years and years. I think I got into TNA in 2012, I don't know. It was when, when they did the storyline, I remember the first thing I saw was uh, James Storm and Bobby Roode that just broke up. So whatever year that was, and Bobby Roode won the world title. That's when I started, got into TNA. Then I got into Ring of Honor a year after that. And uh, I didn't get into the Indies till I started training, so which was in 2020.
1: Now, did you find that you enjoyed the TNA subsequent Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor as much as you enjoyed WWE, or was it WWE and then kind of farther down the line it was this these other brands, or did you kind of clump it all together with Yeah, I love them all equally. Um,
0: so I, I watched WWE for so long, like even when WWE is so bad. Like, when I think an episode is bad or I think the product is bad, I just I keep watching because it's just, like, longevity. Um, but TNA, I don't think I ever thought TNA was better than WWE when I was watching it. Uh, Ring of Honor, though, because with WWE, I was going to every single show that came to, to Detroit when I got older and could actually go to shows. Even some shows I went to by myself to show, oh, wow. just to watch. Um uh, yeah my mom didn't like me doing that but I, I just I really wanted to go so I went to some shows by myself. Uh Ring of Honor though. I do think I started liking a little bit more than WWE um just the for the wrestling alone. And when I went to my first ring of Honor show, I was just so amazed cuz I was like I've never been this close to a wrestling ring and I would see the wrestlers like I forget where it was at. Uh dearborn i think but i forget what it was called um i'm from michigan uh so it was somewhere in dearborn where ring of honor used to go and then when i used to walk out like go to the restroom or during intermission i see wrestlers just walking around so i thought ring of honor that was the cool place and i'll probably get into this story but that's where i decided to go to wrestling school because truth martini was in ring of honor
1: that's right, that's right. I remember that we have uh, a lot of people who have gone through Truth Martini as well. That would be an interesting story to hear.
0: Yeah, so um, so uh, I got into Ring of Honor because, well, I went to the show. I got into the Ring of Honor because of CM Punk's Pipe Bomb promo, which was years ago, where he had mentioned Ring of Honor. And I, I wanted to seek it out for a long time, I didn't know how to watch it. But, the reason why I eventually started watching it is because I kept hearing about uh, this Ring of Honor world champion, Kevin Steen. I didn't know who it was. I just kept hearing the name because I was really into YouTube and I watched podcasts and stuff, or listened to podcasts and watched uh, video vlogs or whatever for wrestlers. And they kept talking about Kevin Steen and his run he was on. And he had a big match with Jay Briscoe. And I watched the Briscoe's promo, and I really, really liked that. And I was like, I gotta see these two. And I kept hearing his name, Kevin Steen, so I looked him up, because he was the world champion, and I kept hearing about this run he was on, and I was like, oh, well, he's wearing a t-shirt and basketball shorts. And I I just, I was like, this is the world champion? This is what I was thinking in my head at the time. So, like, I was like, well, all right, I gotta see this guy. And, obviously, I saw him, and I was like, oh, this guy's great. But, In that episode that I was watching that I seeked out, at the bottom, it said Dearborn, Michigan, this Friday or Saturday. I don't remember which day. But I remember I went. So, like, the first episode I watched, I went to a live show just like that. And on that episode, I remember Matt Taven and Truth Martini, House of Truth, came out. And I thought, I saw this guy with this big old hat didn't barely have on any clothes like a tuxedo jacket this huge tattoo and his hair sticking out of his hat like Willy wonka these goofy glasses <laughs> and i was like what this goofy music and he had this huge book and i was like "What in the world i love it <laughs> i was like i was i loved truth martini he was a manager and he was going crazy on the outside everything he was doing i like this guy is great this guy's great. And I'm I think that match was the match right before intermission. So during intermission, I looked up Truth Martini because I wanted like that was like my favorite guy on the whole show. I didn't know many people on the show. And I noticed that he was from Michigan. I'm like, oh man, this guy. Like, I gotta look up some of his stuff. Long story short, I went back to my seat after intermission and there was a flyer for the house of truth. And I'm like, oh, this guy is a wrestling school. It was like.
1: That's fate, my friend. That's fate right there.
0: It blew my mind. It took me a long time to go to the school, but I just could not believe that this guy, he was my favorite guy on the show. Wasn't a wrestler, mind you. He was just a manager, but I just loved the character so much. And he he was from Detroit and had a wrestling school in Detroit. I thought that was insane.
1: Yeah, it's interesting when you find out that the different wrestlers, depending on who they work for, uh, the companies... Their schedules might not be, you know, like WWE's is, which is 300 days a year. So, several of them uh, will have their own wrestling school as well to supplement income and train the next generation and help, you know, get people breaking into the business. And yeah, I definitely am aware of Martini School as well. And uh, the Motor City Machine Guns are also from Michigan as well, which I think is really, really awesome. So, it's interesting because Detroit and the entire state of Michigan, for that matter, is very much a hotbed for pro wrestling. And you're in that area right there where you're you know, there or you go down a little bit further south and you're in Ohio. And then obviously, if you go west, you're in Indiana and then Pennsylvania. So there's a lot of areas right around that centrally located area that you can go for tons of wrestling shows and really great wrestling schools.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've only been to. So I graduated from the House of Truth, uh, but I I visited uh, Skull and Bones once. You know, are you familiar with that school? I am. Yeah, that's the only other school. Well, I, I guess I went to UCW school, but I, not for the school. I went for their show. That's the
1: so, ta- so take me through the timeline here. So from the time you started watching, and then all of a sudden you started realizing what you really liked. You saw the flyer on your seat, and then... How long was it before you actually officially enrolled into a program? I enrolled
0: in 2020. Um just kept putting it off. I emailed Truth a few times because I wanted to do it. It was like procrastinating. it was like scared. Cause I never was an athlete. I so like Kevin Steen actually helped like seeing that picture because I like I said, I kept hearing about him and hearing about him. And I looked at this picture, like I had to look him up and I'm like, oh like he had on a t shirt and basketball shorts. He was the world champion. And everybody was talking about him. And like I found out that, that like he got talked about by Jim Cornette like about that. Like somebody said he would never be world champion or be in WrestleMania. And I'll look at him. He just main event was-
1: Jim Jim Cornette usually says a lot of things that uh, I'll at least admit I don't hundred percent agree with. Um but but yes, you know, Steen was was huge, obviously in Ring of Honor in the Indies as well. Um the Battle of Los Angeles as well. He was a big in as well. He had stable with the Young Bucks. So he's definitely had a, a great run in the indies and then obviously into Ring of Honor and has parlayed it into a great WWE career. Yeah.
0: Um, but to answer your question, uh I don't remember what year that was that I saw that flyer. I can figure it out. I could figure it out if I was at home and I saw the DVDs and posters and stuff that I have inside my house. Um but I know that I went to the school in 2020 because, and I can tell you exactly why I eventually did it, is because I I had I had a car. I remember at some point I was like, oh, I can't get to the school. I don't have a car, or like, oh, I'm inside of I was inside of college at the time, or like I, any type of issue. But at that point, uh, I had just moved into my first apartment by myself. I I had my own car. And the pandemic had just hit. And since the pandemic had just hit, there was nothing really to do. And my job at the time, it, uh, since there was a pandemic, it had just started, like, they made it so that we didn't have to come to work. So you could basically, you didn't have to go if you felt sick or if you didn't feel safe. But in, in that, so since that happened, a lot of people didn't show up. So they had to try to make people want to come. So they said, all right, for any hour of double time of overtime, you work, you get double time. So, and if you work your regular shift, you get like a $3 premium, like on top. Wow. So I, worked, so I worked a lot. And I remember in one week or no, two weeks, it was two weeks. I made enough to pay for house of truth. So I was like, I'm going to just do it. And I, I didn't have to go to work whenever I didn't want to. So I was like, I'm going to just go to House of Truth. So that is what what really put me, uh, made me go, was the pandemic. So one good thing came out the pandemic.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. So let me ask you, what made you finally decide to make the leap? I, I know you had said you were a little uh, hesitant about it, and you were kind of putting it off, putting it off. Was there something that finally kind of pushed you or gave you that that last nudge that you needed to say, you know what, either now or never? Or did you just say, you know what, it's just time?
0: Yeah, yeah it, it was just that. It was just. It was just time because it was. It was a pandemic. It wasn't really anything to do, but like I could just keep going to work and going home, and that's it. Or I could go and do this, and um, this class is twelve weeks. Um, first class, I got hurt, so Ooh. I didn't finish it. Like I think I stopped on week eight, maybe not eight, maybe seven. I don't remember. But I did the class twice. So I did a summer class and then the fall class. The fall class, I graduated.
1: So when you're in the school, kind of let me know what the process was. So when did you find out you were officially accepted? Was there any process of where you have to come in and meet with somebody or sit down and talk to somebody? Or how does the official acceptance of uh, your spot go? Or was it a situation of, hey, you put up the capital, show up, you're good to go?
0: Yeah, I think that's how it is. I think that's how it is. If he does, if Truth does have some, like, that, I don't know about it. You show up, and you have the the pay, and it's like, all right, you're enrolled. Here you go.
1: So your first day in pro wrestling camp um, with training, do you remember the first thing they said to you when you got there? Did they group everyone together, and was there like a – a speech about what you're going to be going through. Kind of walk me through like the first initial interactions you had when you walked in the door.
0: Very intimidating for me, especially because uh, like I said, I never was an athlete and I was looking around like, Oh my God, like not everybody, (laughs) but I was like, Holy cow. They're in such better shape than me. This is about to be hard. And I thought it was hot in there because the first class was a summer class that I did um and the speech definitely the speech in the beginning i was like oh my god i remember truth martini saying this is gonna test you more than anything else you've ever done anything no matter what you've done is gonna test you the most and he said uh well we went around and like why you you have to introduce yourself and say why you came here right and i remember at the end he was like i'm pretty sure said this in every class but he said uh you're going to want to quit. There's going to be a day where you're not going to want to come in, but I want you to remember what you just said, why you came here in the first place. I'm like that. So like, there was never a day that I went in that I didn't, that I wanted to not be arrested. Or I wanted to stop the class, but there were days where I didn't want to go.
1: <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Who were some of the other trainers that were there along with truth?
0: So during my class, uh, Truth was like the main trainer in my, in my, in my both classes. But uh, in my first class, we had, a ju- we had Mysterious Mavado
1: mm-hmm. the
0: whole time. Every single day, Mysterious Mavado was there uh, with Truth. um, And Sean Tyler came in, uh, I think he came in two days a week during the first class. And then we had guest people that would come in like Nick Moss and uh, different people like uh, different people would just show up to help out uh but the people that were the trainers i would say were truth martini and mysterious Movado. in okay. my sec- my second class truth martini was there every day jo- or mysterious mavado was there for like the first three weeks with them and sean tyler that's where uh he actually kind of like was like the assistant like the head assistant trainer is that how you say it? So he was there every single day for the second class. So, was, so the second class it was Truth Martini and Sean Tyler.
1: How much of it was just conditioning in the beginning? We we hear a lot of people who go through different training programs in different parts of the country, and and they normally that what they say is they go ahead and they they run you pretty hard and to try to get your your wind and your cardio up before you even really step in the ring or learn how to do a back bump or whatnot. So how much time did you guys spend just on, like, cardiovascular and weight training and whatnot?
0: So we didn't do that. In the House of Truth, uh the first, well, I, unless the roles count, first thing we learned were the basic wrestling rolls. You know what those are, right? Like the front yes. Role. Yep. Like, day one, we did all the roles, And then right after the rolls, it was back bump. So, like, it was like that. We didn't really do like we did, uh, cardio, tr- um, training inside the ring. It was all in
1: the ring, you know what I'm saying? Oh wow, that's and awesome.
0: We did drills for like, uh, in, uh, what would you call it? Cardio drills.
1: Yeah, like calisthenics, and you know, trying to get up your wind and. Yeah,
0: in the ring, we did it in the ring.
1: Oh wow. So you're going through this process. Did you strike up any friendships or become close with anybody in, in your classes? Normally, we also hear stories about, you know, that's the, normally the very first place where, you know, friendships and relationships start building and where the networking really starts because obviously after graduation, you know, it, like a lot of businesses, it's who you know. Oh, I know some and such who works in this promotion who works here. Well, let me call them. So was there anybody that you kind of buddied up with and, and became uh, close to?
0: Yes, yes, definitely. And like so I'm gonna talk about my second class because that's the class that I graduated in. There was seven of us and I was close with all of them. <laughs> like, all of them. I'm friends with all of them. Um I remember I don't know like LaMario Starr. LaMario Star is um uh somebody that graduated with me and I remember and he's uh a bodybuilder. He's like really like in shape. Uh, his job is to train people, and I remember when I was struggling with like the cardio stuff or something inside the uh, House of Truth. That wasn't the in-ring stuff, but just like, um, how would you say, uh, the cardio stuff, right? Like sure. so, Like jump, jump rope, being light on your feet, stuff like that. He helped me out a lot like a ton at the house of truth or outside the house of truth. He invited me to his gym, uh, where he had his clients and he helped me. I remember he helped me with box jumps cause I knew leapfrogs were coming up cause I did the first class and I'm like, man, I cannot do a leapfrog. I really need help. And he started me off with like a small box and we just kept going up and up and up and like, he really helped me a lot. So I was close with him and also Kyler Coleman, my, my partner my current tag team partner, we're super close. And we were close since day one when we first went to the House of Truth uh inside that class. Um I was also close with like Brutus at one point, Brutus Atwell and uh Iron Eagle from Cobra Kai. I was really close with. So I was I was really close with every single person that graduated from my class. At some point. At some point we were close. (laughs) Even if we're not now.
1: Once you are in a program like this, and and I know that you said that Truth had mentioned there's going to be a point in time when you're going to quit. Was there ever conversation amongst you and the other individuals about quitting? What was that? Was there ever a conversation that you may have had or somebody else may have had about considering quitting at some point in time because it became really strenuous? Or was everyone just, hey, we're in it no matter what. We have each other's back.
0: Hmm. I don't think so. Like, like people did quit. You know, like the class we graduated was seven, but the class I think had eighteen. I think it was eighteen people in the beginning. Wow. Yeah, my first class was sixteen people in the beginning, and I think five of them graduated.
1: Unbelievable. So you're going through the program. How did you feel by the time you got to the end of it? Did you feel like it was the the most grueling and challenging thing you had ever gone through before?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) When it was the last day, and it was right before we started practice matches. So it was the last day of review. You learn everything, and then you review everything, and then you have practice matches. And I remember on the last day, right before practice matches, I, it was Blake 182 or Blake Acumen or Blake Bale. He changed his name a lot. <laughs> I him um, And I said, I am not having a match for like two years. And he looked at me and he laughed and he said, this was the hard part. <laughs> Once you start having matches, you're going to be much better. You're going to feel much better. And it was definitely the truth. Um, Yeah it was definitely much better like training if i give somebody some advice for training get in the best shape of your life because (laughs) it is it's so hard (laughs) at least it was for me at least it was for me no i
1: i believe it 100 percent so you've graduated, you feel good about this. This is a big major milestone. I mean, you go from watching wrestling to becoming a big wrestling fan, you know, all of a sudden now the person that you saw in your very first show or your second show, you know, you get the flyer and then you go and you save up your money and you go through the school and now you're done. Did truth or anybody from the school kind of give you the ins and outs of the business, meaning, hey, this is how you're going to get booked or these are the people you need to talk to or what was that how was that jump between graduation, and I need to get booked on my first show?
0: Yeah, so on the last day, very last practice match, Erich Martini gets everybody in the ring who's graduated, and he gives us a lo- an hour long talk. And I heard that talk, I heard the talk twice because in the first class, even though I like got hurt, I still went. Every single day, so I was there. So I heard the speech, and I heard it again when I actually graduated. And he definitely tells you exactly what you should do, what to expect. It's like it's a great speech. Like I didn't mind hearing it twice or however many times I had to hear it because he really tells you how, like, what's next. And he told us he tells us that when he graduated wrestling school, they like it was just like, well, go get them, and that's it. Uh, But (laughs) he really he he told us a, a lot. Awesome trainer, Truth Martini.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, A lot of trainers um, I've heard aren't as hands-on, and it sounds like you got a really great one here that was giving you, you know, the ins and the outs and what you need to do and how you need to prepare yourself. So your first show, uh, walk me through that. What was that like? Who was it for? And um, what were your thoughts before you walked through that curtain that first time?
0: So I went to my first show with my friend. Uh, He's a wrestler now, Brutus Atwell. Uh, we were, we, after graduation, we went to, like, immediately, right, right when we saw a show, we went to it. We were the only two from our class, I think. I'm pretty sure we were the only two that went. We went, uh, something that choose Martini tells us to do is to go four hours before. So we went four hours before, introduced ourselves to the promoter, uh, said who we were, and we were there to help out. Uh, we helped set up the ring, it, we helped set up, I remember we were setting up something, I'll tell you, like, this is my first time. So we're setting up these tables and we're outside of a hall, right? We're putting these tables on top of each other, a ton of tables. And I'm like, at some point, like, because there are people there that already, like, they were, they were green, like they graduated from Alistair, but they were, they had been doing it for like a a longer than us because that was our first day. So eventually we're doing all these tables, like 20 tables. I'm like, what is this for? And they're like, oh, this is our locker room. I'm like, oh and they're like, Welcome to Independent Wrestling. You you stack all the tables up, then you put a tarp over it. It's like it's a locker room. So it's like it like it's like it's like an awe. Like, oh, this is how this works. <laughs> putting together the ring. That was my first time put that was our first time putting together a ring. So it's like, oh, this is how this goes. And this is how that goes. Like Truth Martini showed us how to do the ropes at the House of Truth. The House of Truth, we learned how to do ropes. But from from nothing to actually building the ring and then putting up all the chairs and everything. It was like, it was like, a, ah, this is how this goes. And I remember, um, someone didn't show up. So, uh, Brutus actually got asked to do the mat, a match. And, and that happened to me too. Like, but it wasn't at that show. It was like at a different show.
1: Um, and did I
0: say what show it was? It was pro wrestling all-stars. So Detroit
1: pro wrestling all-stars. Okay. That's awesome. And, you know, it's so important. And, you know, I've talked to many different people within AEW, WWE, NXT, you know, as as the list goes on. And they always say, when you're first coming up, and you can vouch for this now, show up early, introduce yourself, be willing to do anything at that point, because people aren't familiar with who you are. And it's, it's the whole paying your dues type of thing, making sure that people understand what your work ethic is like. Um, that you are willing to be a team player and do certain things like set up all the tables or maybe the chairs or uh set up the ring. And and I think when you had mentioned it was your aha moment, it was like, okay, I know all of these things are involved in it now. Now I'm starting to be able to put all these pieces together so I can actually conceptualize what goes into a show in addition to the matches themselves.
0: Right. Exactly. It was it was a good I, I'll always remember that show it was
1: awesome it was awesome so the first show you do get to work on um was it one of those deals where you had a bunch of butterflies or did you was it more of you know what i need to get this out of my system so i can just go ahead and move on from this once i get this done i'll be fine but until then it's it's nerve-wracking waiting
0: yeah i still get nervous every single show like right before I go out. Once I go out, the nervousness goes away, and I don't even think about it until after. I'm like, oh, like I don't think about it till the next show. I'm like, man, I still get nervous right before I go out. But uh, first show, yeah, it was um, it was same thing. I don't think it was someone didn't show up though. I think it was um, they had a spot. So they had a spot for three people, and like I got that spot. Like the first show that me and Brutus went to, someone literally did not show up. So like, and Brutus got that spot. So that's like sometimes that shows you got to just hope somebody don't show up.
1: Yeah, and that does happen as well. And it's one of those things where, you know, uh, Matt Cardona has his his theme or his phrase, you know, always ready. And I think that's something you got to live by because. You never know when that opportunity is going to come where they say, hey, kid, get over here. You're in. And uh, y- you just got to make sure that you're ready for it. Let me let me throw this one at you. When you get done with the House of Truth, so to go back a little bit, did he also talk to you about how to get gear, where to get boots, all that kind of stuff? Because I know sometimes it can be hard to know, well, who do I go to or who do I talk to or how do I find these people? So was that ever a part of also your training as well before you made your pro debut that you knew where to get your stuff?
0: I don't think he said where to get it, but he definitely said to get it. He definitely said to get it. He told us what to do with it. So like, um, if you're not booked on the show, obviously you don't bring your gear inside, but you have, you know, I don't think he told us to answer your question. I don't think he told us where to get it, no.
1: But that you get it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that I hear a ton of times with, with people in the indies. And it's not easy either because I think you're trying to process, I'm now a pro, I've been professionally trained, now I got to think about booking, now I got to think about what my attire is going to be. So right. that was kind of my next question. How did you determine what your gimmick was going to be and, and how you were going to present yourself when you walk through? Was that something that, it just kind of took a lot of time, or was it something that you kind of knew right off the bat hey, this is really the way I want to present myself?
0: Um, so it's funny that you say that because about the whole like gear thing. Because I, for my very, very first match, did not have gear at all, like I ordered it, but like it takes a while, it takes a while to get there, so I didn't think I would get booked so fast. I mean, I hoped I did, but like I, I guess I just didn't know that it it took so long. Right. It wasn't custom gear though. It was just like gear. So, but like I had to take the book. I had to wrestle. So like, I just put something together. Like, um, so, <laughs> I didn't want to say, but like I, a lot of people do it when they first start, when they don't have gear.
1: I've heard them all from Michael's to hobby lobby to the costume shop, you know, where people get miss- Halloween stuff. Uh, miss Kate said stuff before, um, yes don't even worry trust me we've heard it all
0: right <laughs> and but to, for my actual gear for what i wanted to wear um so i knew that i wanted custom gear i already knew i wanted custom gear and so i used the video game to like uh figure out the design i wanted
1: i knew oh, I that's wa- smart
0: yeah i knew i wanted long tights i wanted the long tights and i knew i wanted the top um who it was pentagon pentagon jr that's where i like i have a first at first was like all right i want gear like his because you know his top is like it looks like um i don't, I don't know what it looks like but <laughs> it, it like i wanted that style of the top and then dominic mysterio used uh wears the same like style top so i yep. wanted a top like that uh with the long tights and that's how i came up with it and I just Play with the video game to come up with designs. Oh, and you said, how did I come up with my gimmick? It was literally what I do. It was just YouTube.
1: Nice. Came up with that. That's so interesting because, you know, when you talk about – we've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, don't invest too much money in your first um, set of gear for the simple fact that go more generic instead of going more customized because – you may change your gimmick at some point in time, or you may decide you want a different look. And if you've invested all of this money in customized gear, changing your mind at that point in time is going to be very costly. So, but if you knew what you wanted, and I think it's really cool that you use the video game characters to, all right, let me check out the tops. Okay, let me check out this. Let me check out the boots. And then you can do that 360 thing where you're like, ah, oh. it's like picking paint swatches out. And you're like, ah, oh, I like the way that looks. So that was really, interesting. were you a Pentagon fan as well?
0: Yes, but I want to touch on what you said about how you, the person said don't invest too much money in your first gear because you'll probably change. That is true because in my first gear, so a YouTuber wasn't always the gimmick I was going to go with. So coming out of the school and during the school and all my practice matches, I was the king. And that's my YouTube name is the king Forever young zone. So I, I had a king gimmick where I would like to call myself king, king forever. I ended on my promo saying King Forever. So my King gear, I wanted purple and gold because that's royal colors. And that's what my first gear was. It it said Forever Young on it, but it was purple and gold and black. The base was black with that purple and gold. Then, like very shortly, like soon as the gear came, (laughs) I wanted, uh, I had a different gimmick. I was known to be a YouTuber. But the gear doesn't have a crown on it or anything like that. So it can be taken as just generic gear. So right after I knew that, then I ordered the YouTube gear. So now I have like YouTube gear and that gear is specifically YouTube. Cause it has like a play button on it and the font, like, and all that. And it's red, white, and you know, the black, YouTube, all YouTube. You've probably seen it. Yep. And, but then same thing, exactly what you said. I said, you know what? I probably should get some generic gear where it's, it's not related to a king or youtube so like i could just wear this if if i went somewhere and they changed my name if i went on tv like anything so i got the blue gear which is what my latest gear right now and it's not related to, it doesn't have anything to do with youtube on it it doesn't have anything with uh king royalty nothing like that on it but it gets a it definitely gets the most amount of compliments is the blue gear. The new blue gear It's the most amount of compliments and it's not related to YouTube.
1: You're smart. I tell you what, you are very, very smart when it comes to that. I give you a lot of credit. Um, It's one of those things that a lot of people don't normally pick up on really quickly, but you seem to have got it. You understood, Hey, you know what? I probably should do X, Y, and Z. And for a lot of people in their early stages of their career, they don't but I give you kudos, uh, with that. Cause that's a, that's a big, big thing. Let me, um, let me throw this out at you as well. So when you're getting all of these things, obviously we know that things aren't necessarily cheap without talking dollars. Um, what would you say is the best thing to do when you're trying to get gear? Because, you know, some people aren't even aware, you know, what does a good pair of boots cost? Um, or what does, what type of material should you be looking for in gear? So it, it withholds, it lasts. Uh, any advice on something like that, what you should look for, or what tips that you have?
0: Well, um, first gear, uh, this is what I tell people coming out of the House of Truth. Because um, I did, before when I ordered my custom gear, they told me what, um, how long it would take. And I was getting booked already. So remember I told you I had to m- make something up, like... Figure something out. So I did order from Elucha. So that's like generic gear. But normally, like a lot of people have Elucha because it's not a lot of options. Sure. So I tell people if you get Elucha or High Spots or like that type of gear, only get it once. After that, you should go. You should go to custom. Get something, even if it's custom and it's like not super busy, you know. But when getting custom gear, my advice would be to. Ask multiple people for um, inquiries. Is that the
1: word? Yeah, just advice as well.
0: Yeah, and you get the price and the uh, ETA on how long it'll take. That's what I do. I ask for, um, well, now I got one person that does it and does a good job. But I would ask uh, how much, like give them exactly what you want or tell them what you want. Ask them uh, the price and ask them the ETA on when they can get it done.
1: Yep, the turnaround, yep. And
0: also a lot of custom gear you can't wash. You have to hand wash it. So look out for that too.
1: That was going to lead into my next question here. So when it comes to taking care of your gear, the first thing I hear from a lot of trainers and a lot of wrestlers is, please, please, please be respectful to your opponent. Do not smell. Uh, Have you heard of any variation of this conversation about don't smell and you know hygiene and washing your gear and and whatnot was there any kind of conversation or was that something that you I mean you probably seem like you're really together you get this but was there any conversation that they said to you like hey make sure you don't stink you know you don't you don't want to offend your opponent a
0: hundred percent March truth Martini definitely said that in class not not even on the last day when it was um when he gave us a long speech, like, like throughout the um, class, he told us, like, look, hygiene is important in wrestling. Make sure that uh, you're well kept, <laughs> you know, and definitely wash your gear. That 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 said in locker rooms, people say wash your gear. People put it on social media. Like, that's a big thing because, like, people get lazy where they don't want to, like, if they got custom gear, like, I don't want to hand wash this. Like, they would rather just throw it inside the washer, but they literally can't. i think some people do throw it in the washer and they just put it on delicate but you can't dry it you can't dry it and the washer uh, over time like it's only gonna be going there like as many times
1: you know a lot of people have mentioned that that i've talked to on this on the show that a big part of succeeding in pro wrestling is etiquette meaning the respectfulness the showing up on time if not earlier Always making sure that you're willing to do whatever: set up chairs, take tickets, whatever it may be. But also, did the truth talk about shaking hands and meeting everybody and your first time in a locker room? I get varying answers when it comes to this, but I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that and what was instilled in you guys when it came to, "Hey, you're the new guy in the locker room. You first show up at the building. What do you do?"
0: I can tell you, I can tell you this right off the back: right when I walked inside House of Truth. Uh, I think I was one of the last people there. I went right after work. I was definitely like one of the last, not probably not the last, but like I said, it was 18 people in that first class. Right when I walked in, took one foot inside, everybody came up to me and shook my hand. I thought it was the weirdest thing. I, didn't, <laughs> I was I was like, what is going on? And they all introduced themselves the same way. It was like robots. They stuck their hand out. I shook it. And they said, hi, I'm <laughs> every single person. and then when he gave the speech on the first day he mentioned it like like he talked about like how shaking hands is poor and then like I was like I had like a brain blast because I used like I said I watched a lot of podcasts listened to I, I was big on like uh, YouTube watching wrestling stuff and I'm like this makes perfect sense on why the story with Booker T and the Young Bucks came out I don't know if you know about that that story.
1: I've heard of some of it, but feel free to share.
0: Basically, um, it was basically they had heat because they, uh, the young bucks went to a WWE tryout and mm-hmm. they, yeah. And like, you know, thought, like that's petty, like online. Like, Oh, that's so stupid. He stopped them. Like it was a rumor. Not, I don't know if it's like true. They're like, Oh man, like Booker T dislikes the young bucks that much just because he did. They didn't shake his hand. But like, in wrestling like apparently that's like a huge deal yeah Yeah, like but at um wrestling shows yeah you definitely shake every single person's hand even like the girlfriends like if you see someone like someone's girlfriend or someone's like um before the show like if you see like they, they came with their friend or something like or a manager referee ring announcer every single person you gotta shake every single person's hand
1: and, and it's just, it's, it's good advice and it's good business because, you know, whether it's pro wrestling or whether it's any other line of work that you're in, we're all in the relationship business, right? So it's all about building relationships and it takes two seconds. Smile. How you doing? It's nice to meet you. You never know how far that, that acknowledgement will go because you'll be remembered in somebody's mind. Oh, you know what? We should call such and such and we should get them booked on the show. So no, I'm, I'm completely with the whole etiquette aspect of it. And um, I've also heard stories where people who've graduated from wrestling schools have not done that. And yeah. they have found that their road has been a lot bumpier uh, along the way before things started to smooth out. Yeah,
0: Martin or Truth Martini taught us it very well.
1: About it, it sounds like this is a, a tremendous school. I mean, once again, I, I cannot, you know, I, I cannot say enough good things about Truth. Um, I also have seen a lot of his work. And now that I'm hearing more and more about, the people who've come out of his school. It seems like he has quality people who are training the wrestlers with good information and giving them real life experience and and being honest with them as well. Instead of just saying, Hey, I'm going to take your money. I'm going to train you. And then once again, like you said before, see you later, take care, best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are now in 2022. Uh, I feel like you and I have gone down a really long road, but I feel like we're really getting to to know one another. And it seems like you're just a very happy, genuinely positive person. Um, how do you keep that positivity when the wrestling industry it can be very difficult? You know, we hear stories about you know not everybody's the nicest. Sometimes there's a lot of people who you know try to cut people out, and everyone's looking for spots. And it's a lot of there's a lot of rumors and whatnot. How do you handle yourself? When it comes to you know what, I'm just gonna stay out of this stuff. I'm gonna do my thing. So, what is your philosophy on this? Is how I'm going to embrace my lifestyle in pro wrestling.
0: I wish I had a really good answer for this, but I honestly, truly, just don't know. Is it because you're right? You are so right. It's so much in wrestling. It's like it's it's insane. I think I just uh, I just love it. Like it's just so much fun. People are like, like when I, at my like real job, they're just like, oh, so when they learn that I do this, they ask a lot of questions. And like, I find it so funny when they say, "Is it fun?" And I'm like, "You think I would do this? Do you really?"
1: No, I'm fun. going for a career that I absolutely have zero level of enjoyment. But thanks for asking.
0: It's so weird because, like, like pro wrestling, or I guess any sport. Like, you have to love it to do it because, like, it's not like, oh, I work at the bank because I want to make some money. Like, people don't, like, just go to wrestling school and become a wrestler. Yeah, I just do this to pay the bills. Like, I'm not – you know what I'm saying? It's so weird. I think I just – I love it. That's why. I just
1: – And um, never never lose that either because once you lose the enjoyment from it – I remember Jerry Lynn was telling me, he said, I, I knew – that it was time to walk away. Well, two reasons. A, my body couldn't do it anymore. But I knew once I started, I stopped having fun and I stopped enjoying. He said, then you're basically just putting your body through hell and you're not even happy mentally. And that combination, not good because it will just, it'll tear you down. Um, but without saying dollars or cents, I never ask anybody's financial whatever, but would you just give me a confirmation on Sometimes payouts can be low. Sometimes payouts can be the form of, we'll book you again. And some can actually be as, hey, we'll comp you your concession food for the night. So it's not always a money transaction that happens when you or if you get paid. Would you say that that is in the ballpark of correct?
0: I think so. I also want to say uh, what you said is, you said Jerry Lynn said that? Yes. I'm definitely going to remember that. If you're not having fun, then you're just putting your body through it. I just want to say that. I would say that, but, uh, about the pay thing. Yeah. Yeah. So like the whole thing, like you start off really low, right. When you first graduate, probably nothing, right. You probably don't get paid nothing. You just go and just hope you get on. Then you like get a rate. Like this is how much like I I want. Or sometimes you don't even get one. Like people just start paying you. Right. But then eventually like you get, like you get a rate that you set for yourself and, um, is you just keep trying to build that by just keep having matches and building yourself, build a name for yourself for you. That's what someone, this is what someone told me. So I, I'm just saying what they said. Um, yeah, but definitely I've heard of some people like will go somewhere and just be like, uh, like the promoter will reach out and say, Hey, what's your rate for this show this day? And they'll say, I'll work for free as long as you pay all my gas. Because it's out of state. So, like, just pay my gas and I'm good. Like, that's good enough of a payday.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I, I think you have really cornered the market of this here. Uh, and this was even before pro wrestling. But the advent of social media and the advancement of social media. I mean, you have Twitch and Facebook and, um, gosh, Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, gosh, I'm probably missing a few shows my age. Um. There's so many, yes, there's so many things that you can put your product out there on and you can get instant reviews from fans and you can hear what people think about, you know, your style and this and that. Talk to me a little bit about how important and valuable that is because now with the way the world is, if you're working in some smaller town, if that match is somehow recorded, it can be literally instant on social media And you can have hundreds, if not thousands of people watch that match before the night's even over. And that's a big deal with getting your name out there.
0: Yes, yes. Social media is very important. Um, And it's so important. I remember I got some advice from Trey Miguel. This was a really good, and I didn't even think like this. I did not think like this until he told me. Uh, He said, post everything online, which I already was doing, right? Like, so that's not the point I'm talking about. What I'm talking about was he he said it doesn't matter the crowd size. It really doesn't matter if the crowd has zero people or four people. If, like, it was, like, a handful of people. Well, all that matters is you post something. It takes one clip if that clip you post it and like some the right person retweets it and then another person retweets it and it's a string of retweets of this one clip, anything you did, it doesn't really matter what, how, what the crowd or who's in the crowd. It matters.
1: What,
0: so I, I always kept that from Trey Miguel, what he said. I'm like, I never thought of that. Cause I've wrestled in front of some small crowds and I've, I've literally heard people in the, in the back say, Oh, there's, There's no one out there. We're not doing anything. I'm like, oh, brother, you go ahead, not do anything because there's four people in the crowd or eight people in the crowd. But
1: you never know. Think about it from this perspective. If they decide to dog it and mail it in and you go out there and put on a world-class match, it's going to make you so much more memorable and it's going to make your match stand out so much more. You're going to gain more followers. You're going to get more people to follow you on social media. So at the end of the day, people can do what they want to do, but as long as you stay loyal to what you're doing in your brand and what you're trying to create, I think the world is really, is really your oyster and you're ready to, to shuck it anytime you want. I think I would do an oyster reference, but Uh, that's just the way wrestling is. Um, you said before, you never know who's going to watch something. And I think that's so true because once again, anyone has access nowadays with cell phones and tablets and iPads and laptops and all of this stuff. Um, all of it is available at all times. Uh, I would love to continue this so much, but I tell you what, would I be able to twist your arm for a part two interview down the road?
0: Of course. I love interviews and I had a great time doing this interview. Like we talked about a lot. So, and I
1: love we we did and and you were so open and honest and I feel like when people listen to this, they're going to learn so much not only about you, but your experiences, but I think there's a lot of knowledge that you pass along also in this um in this interview as well. So, when we post this, uh, I also want you to give all of your information as far as Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. Uh, do you have this the 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 LinkedIn tree or this this tree thing they call it now on uh, Twitter? Do you have one of those? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm okay. It's got one of these things where they list all of their social media platforms, and you can just go ahead and click them all and uh, just save them. But uh, go ahead and plug all your stuff, and if you have some upcoming dates as well, go ahead and plug those right now. The floor okay. is yours.
0: Okay, uh, before I even plug anything, I want to say shout out to Isaiah Moore. You did an interview with Isaiah Moore, right? Yes. What a guy. What a guy. It was right before my match with him, and it was an amazing match. He was definitely one one of my top people I wanted to wrestle. He is literally my favorite wrestler on the indies right now. He is the nicest, sorry Isaiah, he's the nicest guy in the locker room. <laughs> nicest guy so help, so help, helpful. <laughs> he just, he like, he helped boost my confidence in the ring and he just, he gives me advice and everything. Sorry, sorry. My lights are turning off. I've been in the car too.
1: <laughs> you're, you're totally fine.
0: You, know, you went off my car so I couldn't hear you. What'd you say?
1: No, I said you're totally fine. Trust me. I've talked to people before who have been in their cars and the same thing has happened. So,
0: um, but to plug all that stuff that you were talking about, you can follow me on Twitter. I think it's team forever underscore underscore underscore. I think it's three underscores. Uh, on Instagram, it's forever young. The G is a Q underscore Zoe. I should probably change that G. To actual g (laughs) so i can stop having to say that facebook you can like forever young on facebook um and yeah that's about it and upcoming dates uh this friday i'll be at for us wrestling in michigan uh saturday i'll actually be in the up so seven hour car drive up there it is one of my favorite places to go though i love the crowd the fans out there uh, for UPW, and April thirtieth, I'll be at Metro Pro Wrestling, same promotion where I wrestled Isaiah Moore. It's one of my favorite promotions in Michigan, and yeah, those are like the, for the rest of the month. That's what I got for the rest of the month.
1: Where can people go to buy merch? Do you have a merch that's available right now?
0: I'm working on getting merch online, but right now I just have it in person.
1: Well, I tell you what, if uh, if you ever are looking for uh, a distributor, or anything like that, hit me up on uh, with a DM. We definitely have people that would be more than happy to work with you as well.
0: Definitely will. And by the way, the other thing I forgot to plug YouTube, obviously, King Forever Young Zoe. You can see all my matches because I post them all because Sherry Miguel, my guy, uh, I took that advice. Good advice. So I got all my matches on YouTube. I react to my matches sometimes because I was a YouTuber before I was a wrestler. I was reacting. I literally used to react to wrestling and now I can react to my own matches. So,
1: you know what? This is awesome. I'm so happy for you. And what I loved about this interview is you you took a lot of positives out of a lot of things. Uh, Wrestling is not an easy thing by any stretch of the imagination, but you approach it with a great attitude. You have an enthusiasm and an excitement to want to grow and get better and i just want to say thank you and we definitely want to set something up where we can talk more down the road
0: yeah man for sure i'm literally at the wrestling school right now
1: (laughs) will you go do your thing and uh we'll talk with you down the road my friend
0: man thanks for having me thanks for having
1: me not a problem take care you too all right guys that is so much fun love talking to independent wrestlers and finding their stories and hearing what they have to say and and just how gracious he is when it came to you know not only being humble about his early days and how to start but he had a lot of positivity when it came to you know a lot of people look at the pandemic as it was a very negative thing and trust me it was but he said you know what if there was something positive that came out of it it was that I finally went ahead and I convinced myself this is the perfect time to go into pro wrestling I need to do this I can't procrastinate anymore and look where he is I mean this is a beautiful story of literally if you hear interviews like this and you're on the fence You should not only listen to these interviews, but reach out to these people and say, you know what? Hey, do you mind if I pick your brain for a second or, you know what? I heard your interview, but I'd really like to know if I could come and watch you at a show. Do this. It is a community. That's what wrestling is. We're all connected in some way, shape, or form. I've interviewed people that he's wrestled. Now I've interviewed him, and and there's so many other people that I'm probably sure are going to be connected with him as well. But great advice on gear. Great advice with hygiene. Great advice with shaking hands. I cannot say enough good things about Truth Martini and his school as well. If you have information or uh, you would like to pass along information about your experiences uh, at Truth Martini's school as well, definitely let us know. And uh, this has been fun. It's been great. Guys, thank you so much for carving out a portion of your evening with us. This has been Future Stars Now. I'm Mike Freeland, and we'll catch you next time. The